Welcome to the Paranormal Pulse podcast. This is episode 10, am I right? 33? 33, yes, we got it right. Last show we got it wrong, even though the advertising had it right. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did well. Episode 33 of the Paranormal Pulse podcast. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for bringing your friends along. Make sure they tell their friends so that uh, everybody enjoys. And we get more feedback from you guys because, you know, the questions from you, what you want to hear about, you want us to answer, personal or professional or paranormal, we're open to it all. Right, Lance? You, you guys can tell your friends to find us on Facebook, listen to us on all kinds of platforms. It's all on Facebook. You can go look there. Anyway, Lance Phillip, co-host, hanging out with us tonight, too. As I am. I, I don't know how I'm staying awake, but I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to crunch for a moment. Um, well, well I, I started to ask you a question off air, and I went and said, you know what? This is stuff that our listeners would want to hear, not just me. I'm curious, too. Tell me about this documentary of your friends. Well, just briefly, uh, what is it? Who is he? What is it about? Okay, What's it well, called? well it's, a, it's the Hotel, the hotel uh, Camarillo is the documentary. And it's about the um, hospital facilities that were out on the West Coast. And um, what time frame? Uh, well, it, it closed in '97, I believe. It w- was from the ni- I believe from the 1930s, if I'm not mistaken, all the way to, to 1997. What kind of hospital? Um, there were many different parts of the hospital. It was mostly, but it was mostly an asylum. You know, for uh, of course it was right. Those are the most interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in the 1930s and 40s, what they were doing was barbaric. Still, well, and then even into the 70s. I mean, if you look, oh, at, if you if you remember I mean, the Geraldo Rivera report on on Willowbrook and and those, you know that yeah. and whatnot. Um, it was it, modern torture, that right? And, and and it was it was much the same out there. And, Back and to the 30s and the 40s, where they were doing lobotomies through your nose, it was just oh. right. And um, the the <laughs> This Sorry. document, this no documentary was uh, written, produced, uh, and directed by Wayne Poe, um, who's a who's a uh, paranormal investigator out in California. My interview, though, is with Frank Barricos, who is the main investigator in this documentary. And okay. a lot of this material dates back the the films that they have go back to two thousand three. And Frank's Frank's a good friend of mine. He's been doing this a long time. I mean. The video, a lot, most of the video goes back to like, again, starting in like 2003 and goes several years in progression. And it's really, it's a fascinating, fascinating documentary. And what I really liked Mm. about it, and you'll hear me talk to Frank about it, but it's not just one team they're focusing on. It's members from different teams, different evidence. And And and, then just kind of evaluating all of it together. Yeah, well, not even with that. I mean, they they just when when Wayne was putting together the documentary, he interviews people from lots of different teams that were there. So you're not you're not just getting 
like a ghost one adventures. Or, well, you're not, well, no, yeah. you're not getting like a ghost adventures or a ghost hunters where they're there for <laughs> one or two nights overnight. This was done right. over years. Yeah. You know, this was done over a number of years with, with many different personalities, different teams who use different styles. And it's it fascinating. validates the, uh, yeah, the it's, episodes. And it's fascinating. It's, you know, this documentary is going to hmm. be coming out. I got a, I got an advanced copy of it. They did it. They did a screening out in California, uh, last week that from what I heard went really well. It, it had a great reception, you know, and Frank was, a was a student of Peter James and Peter James for the people who don't know out there, he was a pioneer in this field. If you remember the uh, Fox show sightings, he, he was one of the main people on that show. I think he was on 52 or 53 episodes of that show. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And you can't miss, you know, he's unfortunately, he passed away, I believe in 2007, but he's featured in this documentary as well. You know, stuff that he had done there and, you know, you can't miss him. He's, he's, Anybody who's seen the shows, like he was even on early episodes, I think of Ghost Hunters and whatnot, or some of those shows where they, where they brought him in as like a consultant type of thing, or you know, okay. I forget, I forget what shows he was on. But he was on a bunch of the early ones, but again, Sightings was the big one, and you can't miss him because he's got the big black mustache and he's got the big white hair. You know, <laughs> um, if you see him, you'll know him immediately. Like I have seen, as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, I know who he is. You know, because you'll remember the face first, and then you remember, oh, right. okay. And what I really liked is they paid they you know they paid an homage to him in this because really he's one of the pioneers that just gets kind of gets lost in the shuffle and, and, and yeah me and Frank touching this when the interview when you get to hear the interview we talk yeah, about yeah you some don't of have this. to recap yeah the yeah whole yeah thing. I was just curious about what it was about because I've I've seen things about it but I really didn't read into it and it sounds fascinating well and it's also um, it's also fascinating now that it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, old insane asylum has been converted to college campuses now. Wow. So these same buildings where, you know, I, I think it's such a such a weird thing that where all this horror took place. Now you have young minds and, you know, students. Kind of like are, what Chris DeCesare went through. Well, yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's really funny because that's you what know, I kept. That's Well, that's like, what I kept thinking about. I kept saying to myself, wow, you know, with everything we know with Chris now and yeah. everything we've learned from him about his experiences and and that sort of thing. I was like, I wonder if the, anything like that is going to take place now that a lot of this this uh, insane asylum was turned into dorms and that sort and of thing. Had, like you said, years of studies of activity there. So that's a really interesting choice of uh, development on that building. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Most people don't care. They they're talking about the money. They're not looking at the idea of right. What could going on otherwise right. it's just real estate so. so so yeah i had a i had a really great interview it's a, it's a, a little bit well, longer than we usually yeah it's a little bit longer than we usually go with people you know documentary done over a number of years it's not just a quickie hey a team was there overnight right. and there's so much to talk about because the place is so big there's so much activity so you know when you when you hear frank i mean and you can hear his passion about it you know it's it's fantastic you know and again that's cool yeah again and he's a good friend of mine Really uh, enjoyed just talking to him about that. All right. Well, we're going to hear that interview coming up next on the Paranormal Pulse podcast. Stick around. Don't touch that dial. Stay right here because we'll be back with more of the Paranormal Pulse after these messages. Take a deep breath. And relax as we check your paranormal pulse. Are you a god? Hello, kids. 
Kitties. This is Alice Cooper. Hi, Ruffles. This is Billy Idol. Hey, this is Meat Loaf. Hey, this is Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. I am Vince. Vince Clortho, key master of Gozer. Volga Sildrawar, Lord of the Sebulia. Are you the gatekeeper? Hey, this is Grant Wilson of Ghost Thunders, and you're listening to the Paranormal Pulse. This is the Paranormal Pulse. Hello, folks. Tonight I have a very special guest. I have Frank Barakos, who's a friend of mine. He's my West Coast uh, paranormal buddy. And he's here to talk about the Hotel uh, Camarillo, which is a fascinating place out on the West Coast. Um, Frank, where is it specifically? Hey, Lance. uh, Thanks for having me on. Um, The place is actually in Camarillo, California. It was a former state mental hospital that opened in 1936 and closed in 1997. So it's located uh, in well, it's Ventura County. Okay, excellent. Now, now for the people who don't know Frank, Frank has been doing this for a very long time. And Frank, tell everybody like how you got your start, how long ago it was, and and basically get us up to date as to where you are today in your investigating. Okay. Well, I started um, actually I started investigating in 2001 with an old team, SESPR. And I've uh, been investigating ever since then, uh, mostly places out here in California, Southern California, and across the country. I've been to a few uh, places that are pretty well known as well. Uh, over the years, I've, I've uh, got to work with a lot of great people. I love to network with uh, paranormal teams out here and um, uh, investigated places like Camarillo, uh, Camarillo State Hospital. I started investigating in 2003. and. I've had well over a decade of investigations there, um, just you know, just uh, getting to uh, to investigate these old buildings. Uh, in comparison, you know, it's 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 funny. I've investigated the Queen Mary uh, numerous times. Uh, investigated Waverly Hills, different places, uh, but there's you know there's one place that 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 you know doesn't compare to anything, and that's just in my opinion. And that's Camarillo State Hospital. There's just so much activity. There's so many things going on there. I mean, you talk about any type of activity that you can think of, it happens there. And I'm talking from the moment you walk in those doors, there's things happening all over. Um, so uh, this documentary that we just finished, uh, Wayne Poe is the director with Seven Planet uh, Productions. Um, he had this idea a couple years ago to uh, combine archive footage and interviews and history uh, into this documentary, which we believe would probably be the only one coming out of Camarillo State Hospital. It's not a place that's open, unfortunately. They're not open to investigating. It probably never will be. Uh, it's currently a California State University. The campus and the uh, administrative staff is not open at all to allowing investigators in there. And we've tried in the very beginning to do so, and they just wouldn't allow it. So, um the footage that we've had is like again going back in 2003. Um, investigations that we've had, all types of activity included. Uh, Peter James, uh, well-known psychic, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, is included in there. Um, so we've we finished this project. It was a, a, about a year in the making. So we just finished this several months ago. Finally got it on DVD. Uh, just had its first premiere screening last weekend in Ventura County, and then also at Scare LA, which is a film fest. We just had that um, last Sunday. We are planning on showing it at Screenfest LA uh, coming up in October this year. 
And then after that, uh, probably at some other conferences, uh, whatever we can get it into, pretty much any film class we're trying to get in. Um, That's uh, a, You know, and, and just to uh, kind of add to it, you know, um, you were kind enough to give me a copy of the uh, DVD, and I got to watch it today, and I was tell you, I'm blown away by it. And I've seen, obviously, a lot of paranormal documentaries, but the thing that really stands out in my mind on this is the way that you didn't just use your team for, you know, or Wayne, you didn't just use your team. He used many teams to gather uh, footage from interviews, EVPs. So it's more of a collective of different thoughts, different um, ways of investigating. You know, I really, I really felt that's a, that's a great way of doing this because sometimes you get one team who may have one, one, see things one way, but this was great because there were many different people interviewed and, and just, you know, so how did, how did that come about? Well, the, uh, there, there was just a handful of teams out in that area, um, or around LA that, um, that got a chance to investigate. And over the years, uh, you know, I got a chance to work with some of these teams there. And the thing is that, uh, we've all experienced the, the same thing there. It's, uh, you know, in the documentary, we talk about things like separation, uh, there's things about things like, you know, just even, I don't even know if it's mentioned in there, but just getting obsessed with the location. Uh, so I got to work with a lot of these teams uh, that got in there and worked together with them uh, to investigate and, and just a collection of evidence over the years. Um, uh, so uh, they agreed to, to be on this documentary. A lot of them are really close friends of mine. In fact, everybody on that on that DVD uh, or that contributed uh, very close, uh, like Sid Schultz, a well-known investigator. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, uh, you know, has his paranormal boot camps, and uh, he, uh, he, uh, you know, he's had some great experiences there at Camarillo. Uh, Mary Holt, uh, as well, a uh, good friend of mine, Stephen Franco, who's the Santa Barbara Ghost Hunting Team. Um, he's been going there for longer than I have, and he, uh, you know, he's experienced a lot of amazing things in there. Uh, Joe Mendoza from Today and Paranormal. All of us got a chance to work together and collectively as a team, uh, work together on, on several investigations there. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because we, we, we all talk about the same thing. Um, you know, th- that place is so special. It's the spirits there are very intelligent. They're very um, uh, interactive. And, um, you know, we, we all kind of get a sense that, you know, each one of us in that movie, in that documentary that's done there for so long, that they know that we're coming. It's, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. And that's, and that's what's amazing because there have been so many instances in watching the documentary where, um, investigators' names have been said. You know, it's like it's like you said. They they know you're there. They're talking to you directly. Yes. Yeah. It's and well, audibly, right. audibly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like. I mean, I can honestly say I've never had that happen to me. So I don't know what does that feel like when when a spirit calls your name. It's amazing. It's actually kind of a good feeling because a lot of these spirits, it's you know they like we said you know they tell the EVPs that we that we collect from there actually tell stories in some cases and um, we we know how many times I've, I've heard help me don't leave me please don't leave me it cries for help and it's really sad um, you know most of the time that that's that's all we get it's just cries for help and um, you know we get everything from what sounds like like kids to adults females males and um, it's just, it's amazing to hear your voice. You know, like you know, I've heard my voice audibly when I'm walking down those halls and recorded it as well. 
And it's in a way, it's a good feeling because, uh, you know, it's I built that rapport with them, and they know that I'm not there to hurt them because in some cases I think they're standoffish. And I've taken some investigators there where they feel like they're threatened by something. Um, but when I'm there, you know, I, I kind of introduce them. If I'm with a new investigator, I walk in ahead of them and I stop and I say, okay, you already know me. My name is Frank, you know, and this person here is a new investigator. And I kind of introduce them. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, a good feeling in a way, in a weird way that they, they know me <laughs> because I feel like they trust me. Yeah. and I, I've been going there for so long. Well, and that, that's one thing about, you know, being able to go to a location multiple times, you can build up that trust. Um, you know, and I, I also think that really helped in, in this documentary. The fact that um, you guys were there so many times that, A, you were comfortable with the place. And obviously the spirits there are comfortable with you because, you know, it's not like it's not like, you know, we see some of the ghost hunting shows and documentaries where teams go in there five, six hours at a place and they try and put together a documentary from there and or, you know, or an episode of a TV show. And they're, and they're really scattering to get evidence. You had so much evidence in this, you know, that, I mean, we were talking right before we came on offer. You said, you know, you could have done about three hours in this documentary, you know, and that that's amazing because. And it's not like iffy evidence. Like I watched it, and it's clear cut. Those the EVPs are clear. You know, um, the doors that slammed were clear as day. You can hear them. You, you know, you know what happened, and it, it's just amazing. You know. Yeah, 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 definitely. And and you know, we were talking about that, and we're making it longer, but we're thinking, no, we can't do that because we're going to start to bore people after a while. Um, but there was so much evidence that we didn't include. I mean, I've got so much more great EVP, Class A EVPs that that weren't included. And over the years, I had some other evidence, unfortunately, I lost on my computer, of uh, just some great EVPs. Um, you know, we, we mentioned, a, uh, I'll get into it after, but there, there's some particular units at Camarillo that are more active than others. Well, and, well yeah. I was, see, I was going to ask you about that. So you just kind of segued into it. Unit 44, tell everybody <laughs> about that one. Oh, man. That, that unit... Um, there's, I want to say there's probably about 82 units in all. Maybe I might be wrong because I know uh, uh, I, I talked to a uh, former, a couple, two former uh, uh, psych techs that worked at Camarillo. I believe there's about 82 units altogether. But, uh, and I've been to a lot of them, but 44 was probably the most active out of all of them. And from the moment we walked in the first time, there was, uh, you know, footsteps, loud, heavy footsteps that were coming at us. And this is every time we were in that building. Um, we would see a dark figure, a tall, dark, heavy figure of a man coming towards us, um, uh, along with the footsteps. And this guy, uh, we assumed he was a male, um, was very threatening. This guy would come right up to us, and we would record his voice. We would get his voice calling us out and threatening to hurt us telling us to get out. Uh, on a few occasions with female investigators that were there with me, uh, they felt like their hair was being pulled. And one occasion, one of the investigators, a female investigator, had her arm grabbed. Um, and, you know, it was just not a good feeling in there. The, this guy, we, we don't know if he was maybe a, a former patient that was there that passed away or if it was a, maybe a, a, an orderly that worked there. Um, but it seemed like he kept guard and he, he would pace back and forth down that hallway. Um, there, there was another spirit in Unit 44 in um, a shower room that it's it's just it's it's really hard to talk about that one. 
Um, that one, it took us a while to kind of figure out what happened with that one spirit. It was a trapped spirit of a female in this one shower room. Um, this one, you know, it, when I first got there into that, that one shower room, I was with another male investigator. We had walked into the entire unit. We were able to walk into every, every room, every hallway with no problem. But walking into this one shower room, it just seemed like there was some type of barrier there. We couldn't get past that. It wouldn't allow us to go in. And we both backed up as soon as we tried to set foot in there. It was something really bad that we both felt. And um, we, after a while, we started getting EVPs of a female crying and whimpering. Um, and so we started bringing other investigators that were sensitive, um, a lot of female investigators. And they all started picking up on the same thing. Well, after a while, collectively, we started, they all started saying, hey, there's, we feel a female, there was a female here, a female spirit, something happened to her, she was possibly raped, you know, and then I remember getting an EVP of a man saying something like, Gabriel raped her, and it was just a male spirit that, you know, that we caught mm-hmm. saying that, um, and at one point, uh, I didn't want to go in there, because I didn't want to make that female spirit feel uncomfortable, so... I'd walk in there and just leave my recorder right by that tub. And at one point, after a while of you know, going there, I think she got used to me because when I said, okay, I'm leaving the recorder here by the tub, okay, I'm walking back out, she actually responded back to me and said, oh, it's okay. Oh, and man. after that, I kind of I felt so good after that because I felt like, okay, now she trusts me. Right. You know, I can probably walk in there, okay. Um we, but that, that one unit, I swear, it was just so bad. We, we would be in that shower room, and we would hear footsteps out in the hallway, and pacing back and forth, back and forth. And we thought there was another investigator or possibly security that would walk in there. So we'd all be really quiet, and we wouldn't move. And then we'd look out in the hallway, and there was nobody there. Then we'd say, okay, well, let's continue our EVP session. We'd continue, and then just about a minute later, again, we hear the footsteps coming down the hallway. Right. So that, yeah, that one unit was probably the most active. And now, you know, you talk about sensitive. Now, you, you're sensitive yourself, correct? Yeah, I am. And actually, it happened because of Camarillo. That, <laughs> most of, the, most of the, uh, my experiences there at Camarillo actually made me even more sensitive there. Uh, and I don't know if it's because of the, uh, the fact that it's dark in there and it's creepy, you know. And, and I think at night and when you're in a dark place like that, I think you're, your senses are more open hearing things and seeing things and that's possibly why but there was times where i'd walk down the hallway and i start picking up on things and that's how it started for me right uh, and um and now even you know uh anywhere i go i can start picking up on things but um i was also uh i was working i mentioned before working with peter james um he he did take me under his wing for a while and, and, and you know and, and for the people who let's let's uh, just talk about peter james r- real quick and get back to that thought the only reason why i'm saying because there are going to be some younger investigators out there and some people who are new to the field who don't know who peter james is and i can tell you peter james was around you, you, if you watch any of the early paranormal shows peter james is on a lot you'll see him um and and he's somebody who was in the field for a very long time, and, and you obviously knew him. So tell everybody a little bit more about him. Just okay. Well, Peter uh, started started. Uh, I know when he was younger, he grew up in um, I think it was Rochester, New York. That's where he was from. Um, but he's always had psychic abilities, and uh, he's well known for for TV show sightings, which was on back in the nineties, mid nineties, right. I think it was. Mm-hmm. 
on Fox or wherever else, you know, whatever TV station it was. But I know he did 56 episodes of Sightings. And the one case that sticks out out of that was, uh, what was it, the Heartland Ghost case, where he was heavily involved in that case. Um, but that's that's actually where um, where I was first introduced to Peter, watching uh, Sightings. And, uh, you know, I had always wanted to meet him. It was just a dream for me to meet this guy. Well, when I got older um, and I started getting into this, uh, I found out that he was at the Queen Mary and he was giving tours there at the Queen Mary and it just started. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, this guy lives in California then. You know? So I took a tour, took one of the very first tours at the Queen Mary with him, got to know him and became friends with him pretty quickly, uh, invited me over to his house. And, uh, you know, he, he we sat there, I remember one evening in his, in his living room and he was like, well, Frank, he's like, tell me, you know, what? What is it about the paranormal that you like? And, and you know, are you sensitive anyway? You know, and, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I think I am. I said, but I really want your help. I want to be just like you. And he's like, well, unfortunately, you can't be just like me. I mean, I can see the spirits. I know you probably can't, but he taught me a way to communicate with them. Um, he taught me to use all my senses, you know, seeing, speaking, everything, you know, and and uh, use that to, to communicate with the spirits. Um, and after that, I, he he volunteered to come on investigations with my team. Uh, we worked several cases, and the one that came up after that, he was very excited about was Camarillo. And we had wanted to take him to Camarillo for a while, and he finally agreed to go. Um, so that was a great experience. And that was in uh, I think it was 2004 that uh, he got a chance to go there, and that was just amazing. It was an amazing experience having him there at Camarillo. And, and I think for people out there, note this is 2004. This is before the, you know, this is before uh, Ghost Hunters hits TV, and the whole big paranormal research boom. So you guys were doing it prior to that, which, right. which you know, even even I can't say. I mean, I started in 2005, so I started right, basically a little bit after seeing Ghost Hunters, and and although I had the interest, I didn't know anybody was doing that sort of thing until I watched Ghost Hunters, and I realized, hey, people are doing what I'm interested in. <laughs> you know, and that's and it's the truth. I mean, because my my you know I've talked about it before. My family always had an interest in the paranormal. I mean, back into the '60s and whatnot. So it was always around me, but I didn't realize people were actually you know forming teams and going out there. So, you know, well, so you were doing it before that, and that that even blows my mind right there. And you know, obviously Peter was doing it before that. And I think yeah. I think a lot of times in the field that we you know the way the field is currently set up that people forget about some of the pioneers out there you know they 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 don't do their homework and realize we can learn so much from the people who came before us you know everybody's everybody's jumping in feet first from what they're seeing on tv they didn't realize there were people who have been doing this and have a lot of experience you can learn from guys like dave giuliano um you know people who have passed you know um like peter james and, and and you know and hans holzer and people like that you know and even going back even way before that you know uh, Arthur Clarke and people in the real, real early fringes of it. You know, even even Harry Houdini. You know, a lot of people consider a very early ghost hunter. And there's right. so much there's so much stuff out there to learn just beside what people see on TV. And I think a lot of people just ignore that. And I think we kind of need to get back to to letting people know who these people were. You know. Yeah, no, that's important. I'm so happy that you brought that up because, especially like for the uh, the young investigators that, you know, that, that's all they know right now is what they see on Ghost Adventures and what they see on Ghost Hunters and on all these new TV shows, but they don't know. They, they need to know. It's important that they need to know who the pioneers were. You know, people, you know, like, like you just mentioned, Hans Holzer, Dr. Thelma Moss, um, 
you know, uh, Richard Sennett, even out here in California, who's done a lot. I mean, over well, the years, Dr. Barry Taft. And, you know, and the thing is, Richard Sennett, too, he's in your documentary. Yes. And, you know, and he's great to listen to. I, I've seen some of his lectures on YouTube and whatnot. He's, he's another one. He's, you know, chock full of information. Guys like Lloyd Arbach, too, you know, um, right. who've been doing it forever, you know. And I just, I look at, I look at that, and like you said, you know, Richard Sennett right there. I mean, to me, the fact that you have you have Peter James in there and Richard Sennett, you know, that's a great validation, too, for this documentary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we had a little bit of Dr. Barry Taft. He was there uh, uh, 2003 when I was there investigating. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't include an interview uh, on, this, on this documentary, but there's some footage of him there. But he's another investigator that, you know, going back to the 70s, where he started doing a lot of his investigative work with Kerry Gaynor um, and a lot of cases like the Entity case that he was involved in. Um, so, you know, like, like and Dave Giuliano, that's another guy that I would love to meet. And mm. when I first started doing this, you know, I, there was just a few websites out there. One of them was the Shadowlands website that he had. And I learned so much from just reading and going through that website. It, it's, um, you know, you, you yeah. mentioned Dave, and I, I had the pleasure of meeting him a few months back after all these years of him being him being a mentor who I had never met. And I kind of embarrassed him because I, I told him about that. I said, you know, you're, you're a mentor without even knowing me. And then we would talk, and I, I, I made the guy turn red, you know. He was like, <laughs> um, but it was great. And then I got to interview him, and we, we got to hang out a lot that day at the, uh, <laughs> at the uh, New Jersey Expo, and it was fantastic. You know, and I've been to I've been to his store many times, but every time I seem to miss him while he's there, it's one of those things. But we finally got to hook up, and we you know we had a great time that day. So he's he is really fantastic. You know, yeah. Next time you get yeah, out, next time you get out east, you really got to stop at his shop. Yeah, I want to. In fact, I just bought some equipment from his uh, from his shop uh, online because uh, I needed to update some of my equipment. Because I know I've told you before, I'm I'm kind of an old school ghost owner, so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my equipment was old. So I finally, I finally bought some new equipment from him, and then I had uh, messaged him, and I told him basically the same thing that he was a mentor to me, and uh, you know, he, without him even knowing, because you know, when I first started doing this, I was going online looking for just place things to learn. I was reading books. Then I found the Shadowlands website, and I said, "Oh my God, this guy Dave Giuliano is like he's put it all out there. He's there's all kinds of information." And I told him, you know, I said, I, "I learned so much just from your website and just learning from you." And, you know, he's, he's really, he seems like a, he seems like a really great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He is. He is. And the thing is, he's a no nonsense guy. If, you know, if he doesn't approve of what you're doing, he'll tell you, you know, and that's, that's what's I, what I like about him. He doesn't pull punches. He tells it like it is. And, you know, some people may not like that, but those are the people who aren't necessarily doing the right thing. If you do you know, if you're, if you're doing the right thing in the field, he's all supportive. He's right there with you, you know? Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I, before I before I derailed you on what you were saying, you were talking about uh, yourself and, and Peter James. You were going down that road, and I kind of, you know, took took you away from that. So let's get back to that. Okay. Um, yeah. So we got a chance to work on several cases out here, and uh, you know, before his passing, he passed away in two thousand seven. And you know, what, what he wanted was he wanted a legacy, his legacy left behind, and a lot of uh, investigators using his methodology. And I think. I think that's happening. I think a lot of people are using his methodology uh, when it comes to communicating with spirits. And um, we're trying to keep his memory alive. There's a really good friend of mine. His name is John Temporelli. Uh, I'm not sure if you know him. 
Um, he he's uh, he's got a website, uh, you know, to Peter James, a Facebook page, Peter James Lives, and a good friend of mine. He uh, he's constantly um, talking about Peter. He has a radio show every Saturday, him and his daughter. Um, so uh, constantly keeping his memory alive, and you know that's one thing that we want to do. We don't want to forget him um, because of what he contributed. So um, we're um, um, I keep in contact with Peter's uh, close friends as well still. And, um, you know, that's all we're trying to do is we don't want his memory forgotten. He's contributed so much to the field. And uh, before his passing in 2007, he was supposed to speak at an event at the Glen Tavern Inn, uh, which uh, uh, was a great event. And he was he was lined up to speak to that. And unfortunately, he got sick that same month and couldn't make it. And then sadly, passed away after that. Um, but just just an overall great guy. Very humble. Uh, if you ever got to know him. Uh, the people that did get to know him, you know, he was a very humble man, um, and he he took the time to get to know you and be friends with you. And you know, I used to go on his tours all the time. He used to call me and say, "Hey, you know, come down to the Queen Mary, um, you know, just just go ahead and tag along with me." I said, "Okay." So I'd go a few times, um, and he would have about twenty five to thirty people on his tours. But he made it a point to talk to every single person and just make them feel so comfortable. And and just and he was like I said very humble. Um, that's one thing about him is just a very humble man and uh, you know great guy and uh, you know he uh, he he loved to share his knowledge with everybody and those that were sensitive you know he taught them to embrace it and go with it and not be afraid. Um, so I, I really miss the guy. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think of Peter. You know, right. I wish he was still here with us. That's great. Now, I will, I will say you were just talking about gear, and it's really funny because uh, in the documentary, Richard Sennett has this device I never saw before in my life. and <laughs> it, it's yeah. it, He explained it as an, a predecessor to a K2 meter. Yeah. And it's this it's box, and it's got this these antennas on it, and, and it's really amazing to see it in there. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's a piece of equipment I haven't seen. That's rare. You know, you know me with equipment. And I was like, yeah. I'm like now i got to track this thing down. Just for the sake of, I need to track this and find out more about it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know where he got that from. It was, uh, he, I think he calls it a Cyber Probe 2 or something like yeah, that. that. Yeah, and I've never seen this thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, now, now I'm just curious. So I, yeah. I, I may have to, I, I may have to uh, really do some research on that now because that, that blew me away. I was like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. in the video, too, in the documentary, there's one that he's, he's using – I don't even know what it's called. I think it was something that somebody made for him. Uh, it's hanging on his neck, and it's, it's some kind of EMF meter or something. I, I saw that. It's this big box, and it almost looked, it almost looked like an old, like the way you'd carry an old cell, one of those big giant cell phones that were in a bag <laughs> way back when. Yeah. And it had like a lighted dial on it. I was like, that's interesting, you know. <laughs> yeah, you think about old school. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. And, you know. And like I said, me and you have talked a lot, you know, in the past, and uh, it's funny. You're you're like my West Coast brother, who I've never actually met, but we've talked a lot. And yeah. uh, for people who don't know me and Frank, we won't mention the company. We work for the same company, and uh, how we how we actually met is through our company has its own type of Facebook uh, social networking. And Frank had started a paranormal investigators group on there, and of course, me, I jumped right into it, and and we we hit it off, and we've been friends ever since. So you know, and it's been a few years now. I mean. You know, um, what's well, been about three, four years, probably. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's it's really funny though because it's like 
we have a very I noticed me and you have a very similar mindset with the way we do things. And, you know, uh, obviously, I'm a little bit more technical and you're a little bit more uh, sensitive. But, you know, but it's, you know, it's very funny. Like you said, after a while, I've noticed over the years I've become more sensitive. I'm not psychic or anything, but there are times where I, I'll walk into a room and just feel something, you know. Yeah. And that's developed. That's not something that was always there. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's funny. Uh, that's something that Peter taught me. He said, you know, because he used to laugh at me. I, he, I used to bring out the equipment, the K2s and the, you know, tri-field mirrors. And he would look at me and start laughing. And he said, you know, you could be missing so much because you're so focused on looking at your meters going off. You don't see what's going on around you. He said, do me a favor. Put the meters away. Use your body as an instrument. Just, just use your body. He said, don't even look at your meters. Just, just do what I do. He said, walk into the room, go into each room and see what you feel, see what you can pick up on. Just start using all your senses, your smell, your hearing, your touch. Start using all that, and I guarantee you, you're going to start picking up on things and hearing things. So I started to use his method, and then, you know, I still went to the equipment, and now I do both. Um, right. Yeah, I, I like to do both. Yeah, I always, you know, I always feel that. Obviously, the equipment's a strong part of it for me because I like to prove what I've seen or have heard, you know, that sort of thing. You know, I like that additional evidence. But you're right. You or he's right. You could get lost sometimes in the equipment. I mean, I've, I've done investigations where there's been so much equipment that um, who knows? I might have missed something. You know, I've, I've gotten reactions on meters. Who knows if something was standing right in front of me? I didn't see it because my head was buried in meters, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. You know, and, and like one of, one of the big investigations where I saw – saw like a three-quarter body apparition was I wasn't really using any equipment I was just I just had a video camera and I happened to turn my head and it was there so you know who knows I mean and to me that's more validation than anything I've ever gotten on equipment right you know yeah yeah I'll tell you though um again I watched the documentary today and I was really really impressed with it and I was I was so happy it came before the interview too you know? Yeah, I was you know I was kind of hoping that you would see it, and at least you kind of get to uh, to watch it and then have some input, you know, as well. Yeah, no, I I I was really impressed with it too. You know, I mean, it's 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 not, you know, it's a professional looking documentary, which you know I've seen some that just aren't. This is this is well done from beginning to end. I really commend you guys, and you know, and Wayne, and and he did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah, I can't say enough about it. I can't wait for uh, hopefully people to get to see it on a wide scale at some point. Yeah, it's important that, that we got this out because uh, for a lot of people that haven't experienced it, and I've, I've spoken at several events, and you know, I, I always try to incorporate Camarillo and talk about it. And sometimes my whole presentation is on Camarillo because I know that obviously, you know, most people have not gone to Camarillo and investigated, and we'll never get that chance to. And there's just so much activity happening there, and, and activity I've recorded over the years that I have to get it out. I have to show people this because, and I always tell people, had it not been for Camarillo, I probably would have given up this uh, the paranormal a long time ago. I really would have. Right. Because this is the one place that, it's just it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's what I call extreme activity. It just happens, it's just happening all the time. So so my presentations, when I do presentations, it's, it's, it's all EVP, it's pictures, it's video that I have. And I want to introduce this to other people that have never been there because I want them to know that, hey, this, this type of place is active and it actually exists. You know, you're not going to find this anywhere else. As, and I can say this for people that have investigated there as long as I have that, that, are, that, that have been there in Camarillo. We start gauging every other location to this place. It's funny. 
We do. We, we, you know, we go out and we investigate other places and we say, yeah, you know what? It's pretty active. But in comparison to Cameron, you know, it's nothing. Yeah. See, <laughs> you know? and, and for me, that, you know, that, that type of thing where I gauge everything off of for me is Gettysburg. You know, oh, you know, oh. I, I, the way you guys are with Cameron, that's the way I've been with Gettysburg, where I become almost obsessed with it, you know, and, and I noticed from it seems like the, the investigators who go there to Camarillo um, become very obsessed with it, you know, where it's like they need to keep going back and, and you know, it's, it's addictive, so to speak. It, you wouldn't believe, uh, you know, the first the first couple of times that I went there, that's all I could think about was going back and. You know, we're thinking, oh, my God, we got to get back there. We got to get back there. And same thing for the investigators that, that are in the documentary. The, you know, they, they all said the same thing. You know, it's just we're obsessed with it. Some of them had to stop completely, just force themselves from not even going anymore because it, that's all they could think of is, okay, next weekend we got to come back. We got to come back. And especially after getting all the EVP that we got and, the, and these spirits calling out for help and saying, please come back, don't leave us. I mean, that, that really hits you hard when you hear this. And all you can think about is, oh, my God, i got to get back in that building and do what I can. I mean, I don't know what we can do, but we got to do something. we got to at least comfort them or talk to them or something. And that's what happened, especially in 44. And in 44, with that one female spirit that we kept calling out to us, then finding out, oh, my God, something really bad happened to this girl. Right. And there was times where we were walking out of Unit 44. that You could hear us walking out the door opening, and you hear a female calling out, don't leave me. And it was just it's so heartbreaking. And, you know, that's all we can think about. Okay, we got to come back. we got to come back. And, you know, think of different ideas and different ways of using equipment, um, you know, to, to try and help out. Uh, and it's just, it, it, for all of us, it was just an obsession. It still is for a lot of us. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, it's, I could see, I could see why. You know, when you get that type of experience, you want to keep experiencing it over and over again. Plus, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, with the size of the place, you know that that you know you keep going to different areas of you know I mean I know it's off limits now but back then you'd go to different areas of it and I'm sure it was always like finding something you know like a new discovery yeah. so to speak yeah oh yeah I mean, back in the day when I was going there it was every building was open you could just walk up to any door and open it and walk right in and it was no problem um, and uh, we we would get activity like I said from the time as soon as we walk in you start hearing audible voices and uh, calling out and it was just amazing. It's, still, it's, it's amazing to hear this stuff when you're there. And I'm sure you know, you've heard audible voices there, uh, you know, places you've been to. Uh, mm-hmm. But this place is just, it's just amazing. Door slamming right in front of us. Um, just, you know, it's just all kinds of things. It's just everything, whole, a full range of just activity just happening there. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we talk about, one, one thing that's important to mention, it's never happened to me anywhere else, but in this place, is a separation. Where we go in there as a group, sometimes five to six people. Yeah, that that amazed me watching watching the <laughs> documentary because, I mean, yeah, tell people about that because I this is something I've never experienced and that it, it, that kind of blew me away. Yeah, and it's something I've never experienced anywhere else. I've been to so many places, but this one place, it's just and I don't know what causes it. it. It's we'll go in there as a group, five or six people, and almost every time, investigators will just will just separate. You know, we'll just find ourselves in different parts of the building, and we'll be in a group. And then a minute later, we're we're really separated. I've had some investigators say, "Well, I heard you calling me. I heard my name over here, right behind me, and I walked over there." And then some person said, "Well, I saw something moving over here, and I walked that way, or I heard a knock over here, or I heard movement behind me, and then that's why I walked away." And and this is 
people, some people that are afraid of the dark, they just start wandering off. And then I'll find myself alone sometimes or with maybe one other person. That's okay, where would he go? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, we need to go find them. They just can't be wandering around. Um, and, and it happened all the time. It's just, it's just something crazy that just happens there. Um, you know, and I've had it happen where I hear, I hear something and I, I want to walk towards it. I just want to walk away. Or just, there's something, as you're walking down these hallways, you're walking past the patient rooms and something draws you in there. That's another thing. And, so, you know, you, you happen to look down into one of the patient rooms and then it's just, you just feel something just drawing you in there. You walk in and everybody else walks away. Um, it's just, it's just, that's basically what happens there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's an odd one. Just, you know, people get separated and, you know, it's almost, it, it, again, it's it's like the spirits are playing tricks on people, you know, yeah. which yeah. also too, which would make sense in a way because, you know, you're in, you're in a place where there were people who were mentally incapacitated, so to speak. Um, yes. And so, so they may not even, you know, those spirits may not even realize what they're doing. They're just being playful. Right. You know, it's it's very yeah, it's it's a unique thing that that I've never heard of in any other location. So that's that's kind of that's that I mean, that's another really interesting point. Yeah. Now, yeah. now other locations, obviously, I know you've done the Queen Mary. Um you did Waverly. I've done Waverly Hills twice, mm-hmm. uh two separate years and yeah, that was fun. And uh you know, but it's again, it's it's in comparison to Camarillo for me, it wasn't as active as I thought it was going to be at all. Right. You know, it's cool. You know, I, I was able. I walked through the every floor in that building in the dark, with no problem. Just kind of raced by every room and walked by them, and I said, "Okay, this is pretty cool." But I didn't really get much at all. You know, I still go back. It's a pretty cool place. I just it well, wasn't it, as active for me. Yeah, and you know, it's it's that's a thing. I mean, we've all been places where we've seen you know famous places like Waverly or whatnot, uh, Eastern State, things like that. And sometimes you just have, you get, you're, you're in a place and you get tons of things that happen. And other times you can be in a place where other people have had lots of things, but it just doesn't happen for you, you know? And it doesn't mean, right. it doesn't mean that they're faking anything. It's just, it's just that connection, you know? You just don't have it. Right. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's really funny because I know like Burlington County Prison, uh, you know, um, Taps was there, and I, I and uh, Bruce Tango had had a feeling, and literally, I didn't watch that episode until after we were there. I got mm-hmm. the same feeling that he got in the same area. Um, oh, as soon as you moved into the woman's wing, there was almost like a heavy pressure on my chest and whatnot, and um, and it was just coincidental. I was like, okay, that's great, but I've been other places where, like, I was in East. We we were in Eastern State uh, a few months back, and um, I didn't get much. I was for myself. I wasn't getting. It. But now Jen, she uh-huh. she swears she'll never go back again because she was getting it everywhere through the prison. You know, she was getting that sensitivity, and she was pushed on a ramp. Um, so oh. she'll never go back again. She's deter- she's actually just no. She's like it's too intense for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? so yeah, so it's it's really strange. Two people in the same place and you know, and uh Rick was with us when we went and uh-huh. um and we weren't even there to investigate. We were just there kind of scouting it out. We we went there during the day to uh go you know, basically walk the place, go on the tours to scout it out for an investigation down the line. And uh-huh. and now Jen's like, You guys wanna go? The rest of the team, that's fine. I'm not going. <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah, so I mean I'm I'm 
so yeah, I'm definitely going to go. I yeah, I got to work this out with the rest of the guys, but um, uh-huh. but yeah, now I'm I'm even more intrigued now because I want to I want to know what she got, you know, what what she yeah. felt, you know. Yeah, and uh, she she investigates with you all the time, right? Uh for the most part, yeah. She yeah. she started later than the rest of us. Um, uh-huh. uh, she yeah, she started later than than say. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. She started with me early, but when she started, she was, it was only when me and her were doing it together. But in a group setting, as a team setting, she started later on. Yeah, she joined us at that point. Um, and the thing is, because she's had experiences her whole life, so I think it is a little bit overwhelming because she's very sensitive to certain things. And I think it frightened her because in the beginning, she only wanted to do daytime investigations. And then we started doing nighttime investigations with her and in and, and Gettysburg and whatnot and yeah. Um, and she started to get used to it, but she still doesn't like the nighttime investigations. She would prefer to do daytime. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. she gets she gets overwhelming feelings at night and whatnot. So it's 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 you know everybody's different. Yeah, and it's hard because I'm sure you like doing them at night. I'm used to doing them at night. You know, it's it's always better. You for know, some reason. I'll be honest with you. I do just as many daytime investigations as I do nighttime, and um. I will say the vibe is a whole lot different at night in some places than it is during the day. Um, yeah. You know, the battlefields in Gettysburg, um, yeah. the one thing, you know, in, in the on the battlefields, they keep them open in the summertime till 10 o'clock at night. And when it gets when it gets dark about 815, you have about an hour and 45 minutes to investigate in the dark there before before you have to leave because you will get arrested if you're there after that. But. It takes a whole different feel at night than it does in the day. Mm-hmm. Those, feel, th- those battlefields, depending on the location, are just downright creepy at night. Um, there's no other way to put it, you know. And you do get a whole different energy, so, which makes no sense to me because the battles were fought during the day. Yeah. You know, but for some reason you get – and again, that could just be the mind playing tricks on you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But during the – but we get – a lot more activity it seems like well i can't say that that's not true uh, we saw the full body apparition at night but it was at it wasn't i would say it was more at sunset than it was at night uh-huh. um because the sun had just gone down over the mountain so it was sti- it wasn't completely dark which is what was you know it, it was dark enough that but the area was illuminated to the point where we were able to see and it wasn't a, it wasn't a person because it just disappeared when we you know but right. I don't know. I don't know. That's so now, yeah. now, what 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 investigations do you have coming up that you're looking forward to, or has it been more about the promotion of the, uh, you know, the the uh, documentary? Uh, currently, right now, just have the documentary going. I uh, don't have anything planned. I have a couple uh, private residences that I'm working on. Um, haven't had a chance to 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 uh, spend too much time there at the uh, residences uh, because of work. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to make some time for them, and I'm trying to get other people involved in a, uh, one of the cases that I have. Uh, it's more out of my line. It's kind of more of a, uh, it seems like more of a possession type case. Um, right. So I'm trying to get someone else involved with that, and I got a couple other residences uh, pretty local to me. Um, but other than that, I don't have anything else. Um, I just okay. got asked to be part of the uh, Tombstone event uh next year in may uh which is going to be a pretty big event that carol malone is putting together right uh, it's called a haunt, haunting at tombstone uh, so i just got asked to be a part of that and um between that oh, still there 
Uh, I think I lost Frank. You got Frank back on the line. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you know, it's a digital age. doesn't always work right. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're getting back to uh, investigation that's coming up. So that's pretty much all I have. Between right. Now and and uh, anything else that might come up. Uh, there's there's usually uh, so, some of the uh, events that we like to go to. The Glen Tavern has uh, investigations. Sometimes we'll hook up with other teams' investigations. Uh, throughout LA, uh, different places that are reported to be haunted. So, um, but you know that that's pretty much all I do. Um, you know, I, I, whenever I have time, you know, is, is basically when I can do this. You know, between kids and work, um, it's pretty hard. Isn't it know? funny how work always gets in the way of fun? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Especially our job. But uh, did I yeah, say I that out loud? But no. <laughs> um, but you know, now, so. Again, you are old school, but what would you say your favorite um, pieces of equipment are? It'd have to be the the digital recorder. Um, that that's that's one thing I always have in my hand. And uh, believe it or not, uh, an ITC device. Okay. Uh, you know, and that's 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 really all I travel with. Uh, places like Camarillo. Uh, I used to go in there, just travel really light. I don't like, I don't walk in with cases of equipment. Um, all I really needed in that place was like a recorder, um, because that's all we get, EVP. Um, and I don't walk in there with a video camera too much. I used to do that in the beginning when I first started doing this, thinking that I was going to capture apparitions on the video. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to take whatever I can, video cameras, digital cameras, and snap pictures, and I'm going to capture all these spirits on the video, but it, it didn't happen, you know, and, uh, so I, I figured out after a couple of years that the best evidence I was able to get was EVP. And uh, so, you know, just, you know, I, I found a good recorder with a good external mic, and that's pretty much all I use. Uh, you know, occasionally, I mean, I do have the K2 and the, got the um, um, the other device, um, gosh, I'm thinking of the uh, Malmeter that I started using. Right. And, you know, dowsing rods. But I, you know, I saved some of that equipment for... Any residence cases or other large-scale investigations um, where I can use different types of equipment. Um, so that's pretty much all I use. It's just a digital recorder um, and, and an ITC device. Now, which which ITC device? Uh, the PSB seven. Okay. So? Okay. Spirit Box. Yeah, Spirit Box. I've, I've had some. I've had some good success with that. I know some people, you know, will have opinions on it, but. Um, yeah. I have had good results with it, so it's hard for me to to say anything otherwise. You know, I can only go by my personal experiences, and I've had yeah. things that come through that are uh, very intelligent uh, answers to questions that we've had. You know, so which would make it hard for me to believe that it's a coincidence. You know, um, yeah. and they seem yeah. to and they seem to coincide with other things as far as um, other instruments going off, and I don't know. So it's 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 kind of interesting. You know, it's a device that, again, we know it's controversial, just like just like a, a lot of other devices. You know, we really don't know. I mean, we can we really say anything works 100%? No. No, obviously not. So, you know, I, I, I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm open-minded to, to just about everything, uh, even if it's things I can't explain because, uh, you know, we just don't have those other pieces of the puzzle to bridge the gap. We know we're getting a result, but why are we getting it? We can't bridge that gap yet. Someday we will, and we'll right. know why we got that result. You know, right? 
whether right. it, whether it be that you know when when a spirit moves on that it gains uh, universal knowledge, who knows? You know, I've heard I've heard that argument. Well, how does you know how does a spirit know how to manipulate this box? They're not mechanical engineers. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all I know is I've seen results that you know shouldn't happen, and by all logic, don't make sense. You know, but yet the results are there. So how could you argue them? True. Yeah, and we might never know. And that's the thing is, uh, right? You know, with all the equipment, you know, and I, honestly, I don't think we're that far advanced. I mean. At least from the time that I started up to now, in getting any type of answer or getting any device that that actually works and, and is able to measure any actual uh, activity, you know, other than you know, well, we need to rule this out, we need to rule that out. It could have been this, could have been that. But even now, in all the years that I've been doing this, I'm, we're not that much more advanced think, than when I first started. Think about the main pieces of equipment: the camera, the voice recorder. Um, those are devices that have been used, you know, long before us. I mean, I found I found earlier um, so at some point last year I did an episode of the podcast where I actually found an old radio show from the four, from the late thirties or early forties, and the idea behind it was they were sending a reporter into a haunted house, and what did the reporter go with? A camera and a tape recorder. Obviously, back then it would have been a giant tape recorder. It wouldn't be like what were you know digital recorders. But essentially, they're doing the same thing. They were looking for audio. They were looking for photos. Right. You know, I mean, it's, that was in the 40s. They were doing the same thing we're doing now, right. primarily. Obviously, we have a lot more gadgets that have been created. We understand a lot more. Right. Um, but still, it's the same foundation. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, you know, going back to the 40s, even the 20s, the 30s, you know, like the early pioneers in EVP, Atala uh, Vansali, Raymond Burr, you know, when they first started, it was all reel-to-reel uh, tape recorders and, uh, you know, uh, recording on, you know, what was it, 40 RPM uh, uh, record players, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's using almost the same thing. I mean, technology from back then is kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah, I mean. And they were able to get up pretty much the same same results. I mean, I had, I had talked to David Roundtree about this in the 70s. He was traveling around with giant reel-to-reel decks, you know, and, you know, it's yeah, yeah, we've miniaturized things, but we're still doing the same things, you know. Um, so it's hard to say. Like you said, we're still, in, this is all still in its infancy. Right. Yeah. But And I think it, it always will be. I honestly don't think we'll ever really find out or really get the answers we need. I mean, we get little bits and pieces. And, and you know, I've probably had one or two EVPs where I get an entire sentence. Uh, but I don't, you know, we're not getting exactly what we what we're out there, you know, to try and get. So, right. Who knows if we'll ever actually get the answers that we're looking for? You know, but we're getting something. That's well, the thing is, unfortunately, is going, unfortunately, we will get the answers when we're on the other side. Yeah, when we're there, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's when we'll know for sure. You know. Yeah. Tough to think of it that way. But That's when we're going to know for sure. <laughs> yeah, and then we now that we're alive, we think, okay, well, you know, when I die, I want to come back and and try and give people the answers, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny, um, but we are getting something. That's the thing is, we're you know, there's definitely something out there. That's why we keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, I, it's it's hard it's hard to deny the phenomena. You know, it really is. Right. Yeah. So just you know, uh, you know, I really want to get back up to the or get to the East Coast because I know there's there's just so much. It just seems like there's so much more to investigate out there, and you know, 
I don't. I, it seems like I've missed so many conventions because it seems like there, there's one happening every week out there. It seems like there are there are a lot of conventions out this way. I will say that um, some of the, some of the bigger ones too. Um, but you know, even with that, like I go to a lot of them. It's hard. It's really hard between work schedules and just some of these conventions are damn expensive. By the time you pay for travel there and and room and board and that sort of thing, and you know, and it, it does get costly. So I try to stick to the ones that are within driving distance, you know. Right. But yeah, we you know, when when we we have added some new ones over the last couple of years have been really good and uh I tell you, I will say the thing about the convention is you get to meet a lot of the people who are in this field who you know, the more famous, you know, Paris celebrities and um it's been good for me because I've become friends with several of them who I've met a few years back and have kept contact with and I talk to pretty much on a regular basis, which is you know, which is really good, and it's also given me the opportunity too to get myself into some of these conventions with the radio show and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that's been it's been they've been really good opportunities. Plus, it's always good to meet people and exchange ideas and philosophies and that sort yeah. of thing. You know, and just yeah. to network in those. You know, I, I yeah, you know, I know the last time you were on the East Coast, I couldn't for some reason we didn't make it happen. I wanted to get together with you and, and go investigate somewhere. Yeah. Um, so either next time I'm out there. Or next time uh-huh. right here, we have to hook up and, you know, and if, it, if it's yeah. if it's out this way, we could probably rope Bobby uh, J. Gallo into this, too. Okay. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> so, but absolutely. Hopefully you can make it out here, man. There's a lot of cool places and then, uh, you know, you can take it to. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd love to get, you know, I'd love to go out to some of the places you've been, you know, the Queen Mary and whatnot and. Um, and I just know there's a lot of places out there. I mean, you know, I'm sure at this point, though, there are a lot of places everywhere. Um, but one of the things is, you know, out there, especially out in California and especially here in the East Coast, there's a lot of older uh, things. There were a lot of older locations that were settled very early in this country's history. Yes. So you wind up with a, you wind up with a lot of history and and in a lot of cases, a lot of tragic history because wars were fought and everything else. So it does lead to some uh, really good ghost hunting. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know that's really important in history. Out here in California, we have the missions. There's 21 California missions, and that's probably those are probably the oldest, uh, some of the oldest buildings we have out here. Right. And I would say about all of them. And Richard said it. We'll probably tell you all of them are haunted. All of them have activity. Um, and that, this, and I would love to take you out to a couple of missions out here. We experienced so much activity at these missions. Uh, one in particular, La Parisma Mission up in Lompoc. I think it was on Ghost Adventures mm-hmm. not too long ago. Uh, Richard was in it. and uh, But there's, there was so much tragedy in these missions, believe it or not, uh, with the Chumash Indians and uh, the, the diseases that, that, that happened, killed so many uh, Indians and, and uh, uh, missionaries there. Right. Uh, you know, we, we go to these missions, and there's just so much activity there. It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's unbelievable how much activity you know, and and the thing is, in a lot of cases, you know, um, the 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 those missions, you know, some of the, some of the people were not treated really well there by the missionaries. Oh no! You know, no, no. Um, no. you know, uh, Indians were enslaved; they were killed; they were forced forced into picking up religions that weren't their own. You know, right. yeah. All in the name, all in the name of the uh, missionaries. You know. You know, sending, you know, let's face it, and I know it's 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 not a great time uh, in history, but you know the the and some people hate when I say this, but it's true. The Vatican is lined with Indian gold that was taken from this country and sent back over the Rome. 
you know, by the missionaries. You know, right. there was so much, so much mistreatment that it would just lead to, tra- you know, just so much tragedy that would lead to hauntings, you know. Yes. So, yeah, yeah I, I could see it. it. It's that sort of thing, you know. It, it's it's pretty amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these, these, uh, these missions, I mean, there, there's a history of gunfights and battles and, uh, you know, Spanish soldiers killing off the Indians and, um, you know, there's just, just so much great, you know, disease was one of the biggest killers there at the missions. And right. Killed so many kids and children. Um, so there, there's just, yeah, I mean, every mission in California is pretty much pretty active. Yeah. 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 No, I, absolutely. I, I can't wait to get out there at some point, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just so hard to juggle with with everything else, you know, and yeah. you know traveling cross country. You need a little bit more time than you would, you know, going a state or two over, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I do look forward to it. Yeah, so. I love the East Coast, man. Like I said, I, I really want to get back out there. The last time, like you mentioned earlier, you know, I was I was out there um, visiting family, but I got a chance to go into that Pilgrim State Hospital in Long Island. That, that place was amazing. Unfortunately, I heard it got demolished. So I yeah, know. yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, it's funny. I had an I had an aunt who was a uh, a bigwig at that hospital uh, when it was open, and oh. I had always hoped to get in there because I figured there might be some type of connection because she's passed away, and I was hoping you know maybe there'd be some type of you know connection where I could connect with her there because she had worked there for years, um, but it just never happened. Yeah. That, that place is humongous. Well, when I was up, it was humongous. Mm. I remember getting lost in there. <laughs> Man, it was, it was amazing. Um, you, know, got, people, you know, got a lot of activity in there. People, yeah. people don't realize in some of these bigger asylums and hospitals, you know, you can easily get lost in these places. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's, a, you know, that's a, a legitimate danger of getting lost in there and then not being able to find your way out. I mean, you always find your way out, but I mean, I mean, it just sometimes you, especially if you're there at night and you can't see, and you know, it's one of those things where sometimes you can't even look out a window and see anything. You know, yeah. so you just want to, you just wander around, and eventually you'll find your way. But, but it could be dangerous, you know. Yeah, it was. I remember that night I was there. Uh, I was there with my uh, my nephew and his friend. Uh, it was their first time doing this. They just wanted to tag along. I I was going to go in there by myself, but I went there at night and complete darkness. Just trying to find my way out. It was it was pretty scary because, uh, you know, the, the way they, uh, they they built these institutions. I mean, every every ward, every unit, every building is pretty much the same. The blueprints are the same. You walk into one, you, it looks practically the same. So, right. Um, we're, we're, I remember walking in and I kept telling them, okay, let's remember this this part of the building. Let's remember the graffiti over here. There's so much graffiti in there, so we can find our way back out. And it didn't work. I mean, we were in there and, and we couldn't find our way out. I think we were lost for about 30 minutes. Then we finally found an open door in the backside of the hospital and we got out that way. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. On uh, that note, we've been talking for a while. We're going to wrap up. Um, but stay on the line afterwards. We've got to talk to you about a couple other things. But um, okay. we're going to wrap it up as far as the show goes. And I really appreciate you jumping on with me tonight. This is great. Um, again, I was really impressed with the documentary and, you know, as soon as it goes, uh, wide scale, we'll let everybody know. So that way everybody else can enjoy it as well. Great. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a while that I've been wanting to come on. You got it, buddy. You know, like I said, we're, we're, uh, you're, you're my West coast buddy out there. So, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, same for me. You're my East coast buddy, man. I mean, I, I like to go to you for, you know, any type of technical question because I hear the tech guru. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. If I haven't had a piece of equipment, um, 
I've at least had my hands on it at some point. You know, I, th- I think the, if I think about if I buy any more equipment, though, the wife's room really throw me out. That's not even a joke. <laughs> like, like, I'm in my office right now, and I'm literally looking over to my right, and there are, like, 12 big equipment cases full of just all different gear. But then I'm also looking around the room, and there's just gear sitting out of the cases that don't fit in the cases. They're just everywhere, you know? I mean... <laughs> And, I, and stuff I haven't even opened yet. I, like I've got a brand new gauze meter behind me. Now, I already have one, um, but I have another one sitting here in the original unopened package. It's actually a Dr. Gauze. It's not even a gauze meter. It's the earlier one, the Dr. Gauze. It's still sitting there in a package. I'm going to probably use it as a prize for the show one day because I, I just have so much stuff. And now that I'm doing the show, people send me stuff as well to try. Right. So that's kind of cool, too. Um, yeah. I can't really complain about that. Anybody, you, know, you guys want to keep sending me free gear. I, trust me, I'll try it, and I'll talk about it on the show. You know, I have no problem with that. You know, <laughs> But uh, you know, a lot of it, too, is because a lot of stuff, when I get new gear, I have to walk around the house trying it out because you, know, you just don't want to take it untested into a field either. You know? Yeah, yeah. But on that note, we'll wrap up. And, again, it's been a really uh, pleasure to talk to you tonight. And, folks, mm-hmm. um, we'll get back to the show after this brief break. We've come to the time of the show when hosts need to refill their coffee mugs. So please listen to the following messages. And we assure you, the paranormal will be right back. Just relax. We are now checking your paranormal pulse. Find the Paranormal Pulse Podcast on Facebook at the Paranormal Pulse Podcast. Listen to the Paranormal Pulse podcast on Roku, Stitcher, Facebook, Blueberry, iTunes, Podbean. It's that simple. Resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. Now back to the Paranormal Pulse. Welcome back to the Paranormal Pulse Podcast, folks. Again, I'm Wes Philip with my pal Chris Bruno. Hey, what's going on? Uh, we hope you. I don't re- think I even talked at the beginning and say <laughs> I just started talking. I didn't even be like, "Hey, hey, guess who it is?" Well, that's you know, that's that's kind of like the interview <laughs> it's we a just mystery today. Well, that's kind of the interview we just played. I kind of I kind of jumped right into it with Frank, you know, and and yeah. you know that just kind of kept rolling. So. Um, Which is, it's great. It was a great interview. Um, yeah. I'm going to listen to it again, actually. I'm going to miss something. I know. There's and, a lot of info in there. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, without a doubt. Plus, plus, I know you haven't gotten to see the actual uh, documentary yet, so I have to bring it over no. and drop it off for you so you can take a look at it. So Yes, I need I, to borrow think, that for think, sure. Yeah, I think you'll um, love it. So I, I'm just very pleased that everybody stuck around listening to the Paranormal Pulse podcast, episode 33. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for um, telling your friends. Thank you for 1,367 likes as of today, which is kind of cool. We didn't even see that coming. No, it's not a milestone number, but it's damn cool that it's over 1,000. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you can listen to us on so many platforms. It doesn't have to be here. Well, actually, I don't know where you're listening from. Um, It doesn't have to just be iTunes or Roku or Stitcher or Podbean or Blueberry or tune in, wasn't that tune in? Yep. It could be Facebook. You can listen to us right from our Facebook page. It's the Paranormal Pulse podcast on Facebook. Click like, share it with your friends, 
share it with the world. That'd be awesome. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Abs- you know, oh, I almost said it. I'm trying not to say it. But no, no, you did it. I've heard no, it No, 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 no. I didn't say the whole word. I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be good. But, you know, there is some good Lance news, is too. talking about the word absolutely. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Um, uh, yes. Well, I'm not drinking on this episode like that. <laughs> that's true. I'm just trying to cut out the use of that word. The St. Patty's you know, Day episode where we got bombed. It's my crutch, you know? So It was fun and it was long and we're sorry, but we had a good time. So now, shit happens. By the way, there was some good news that came out this week uh, oh, yeah? in our paranormal world. Yep, there will be a NJ Paranormal uh, Parunity yes. Expo too. Yes, um, I saw that. Yep, Woodbridge the, now though. It's yes. going to be in Woodbridge. Going to be in a better location. There's going to be some off-site ghost hunting, and I can't wait. You know, the guys doing another. They're going to do another great job putting that together, and I just can't wait to be part of it. You know what? Me too. I am so very excited about this. I've been following their posts as they've been talking about finding a site for the uh, for the expo and then negotiating for what we want, which is wonderful. Uh, we as a community, because they were reaching out on their Facebook page to the community asking, what do you think about dates? What do you think about venues? Right. And, um, you know, so they're really taking in consideration all the people who are going to be involved and want to be involved. I'm very excited about it. I, I have to say, though, granted, it was not public friendly, but I really thought the art factory was cool as hell. Right. But I, you know, stuff happens, but it, it was cool as hell, but it was difficult. And it would be, would have been extremely difficult if uh, we had a bigger showing because the elevator and all that jazz. But right. I had a good time either and, way. And I, I, think, I, I think can't a, wait. A big part of it, too, that was the parking situation. So yeah, the new but, venues, well, the new venues can have plenty. Well, the new venues can have plenty of parking. <laughs> learn, and, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and for the first event, it was fantastic. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a John great and Barry time. did a great job. So oh, now this absolutely did. Ha-ha, I did it again. Mm. Uh, they they were fantastic. All the people we met were great. The venue was cool as hell, in my opinion. I had a great time wandering around that building, and I didn't break anything. No, I I'd... swear. I only took pictures. That's it. Now there mm-hmm. was there was other big paranormal news this week, as far as oh, the, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Ghost Hunters had their big announcement. Um, oh. They would they mentioned they talked about the two hundredth episode is coming up in October. Wow! And for that episode. We learned that Grant Wilson will be returning. Also, Dustin. I love Grant. Dustin Parry will be returning. Uh, Maybe Joe, if he's not Joe too Chin. Busy, we can get, him, we can get uh, Grant back on the show again. Mm-hmm. If he's not too busy. Joe Chin will be uh, returning. Joe. Joe's awesome. Too. Now, to be truthful about this, Joe had told us about this at the. Uh, at he didn't the Parry. tell us. He didn't tell us what was happening. Um, he, did, he was not specific. We don't want to get Joe in trouble for anything. No, 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 no. You're right, right, her. right. He, but he, uh, he, I don't recall Joe saying any names. Do you? Um, <laughs> not at that event. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. No. Joe. Joe had shared some information, and uh, you know, it was but. But it, at that at that point it was all it was all tentative. It wasn't definite. Yeah, so that's was, yeah. It was written in stone. So, so yeah. yeah. So, so no, it was really good. Joe. But what a cool, cool thing. We love Grant. He's been awesome to us and, and we support him and all his personal endeavors. Uh, very excited he's back to Ghost Hunters. Yep, and it's, and, and it's only for the two hundredth episode, but it's still gonna be it's still gonna be fun it to watch. Matter. It exactly. doesn't matter. You know what that is? That's peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, he's good. That um, makes good things, and it, and it promises a good future over there. So and we I'm still and we still haven't figured out who the new permanent investigators are. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, That'll happen on number two hundred. Hey, us at thirty three. We're on our way, man. We're thir- we're gonna go there. We're gonna do two hundred. I think so. Well, I don't see then- why not. You know, yeah. even if it's only me and you listening within 200. <laughs> well, so far, that's not the case. No, I it's mean, been, it's been very nice to see our our listeners kind of our listener base grow, our friends on Facebook grow. Mm-hmm. Hey, it all comes back down to the listeners. It started as a hobby, us talking about a hobby. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, just kind of uh, feeding our geekiness. And, and um, it's been wonderful to kind of find other geeks like us. <laughs> well, and it's it's been really nice because I, I do have to say we have gotten a lot of positive feedback. I've talked to some people who yeah. have given wonderful feedback, and they've spread the word of the show. And it's it's been expanding, and the numbers keep getting bigger all the time. We've got we've we've got awesome listeners. We have got the best listeners. I'm sorry. Hey, and and I had a a, a good loyalty to my listeners in the past, but. Um, our listeners for the Paranormal Pulse podcast are by far like the coolest. So I'm grateful that we have them. And uh, we'd like to expand that listener base. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell, tell your friends. Share with everyone. It's the Paranormal Pulse podcast or Podbean, Blueberry, Facebook, obviously, Stitcher, Roku, iTunes. God, we're all over the place. There's no excuse not to listen is really what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even if you can't listen to us on the first day the show hits the hits the archives. airwaves, you can listen to the archives. Hell, you can go back and listen to you know all the way back to the fifth show if you wanted to. Even beyond that, it's all out there. Just just listen. <laughs> yeah, truly, it, it'd be cool. But, um, just a warning on the archives: the St. Patrick's Day show was <laughs> excessively long. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll be doing that one again. It was really not paranormal. It was just a good, stupid time and us playing drinking games. Right. So if you want to listen, you can enjoy that. I think that should be an effing tradition, dude. Yeah, just maybe not as long. No, well, I mean, I my God, if I let that run as long as it actually was, we would have lost people way, way before it. It was much longer than two hours. Yeah, I know. All right, (laughs) folks. Until next time, we've enjoyed having you. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Paranormal Pulse podcast. We're out of here. See ya. The Paranormal Pulse podcast. Find on Facebook, Podbean, Stitcher, Roku, Blueberry, iTunes, TuneIn, and more.